Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of The Road to Rediscovery. My name is Aubrey Johnson, and I'm your host. We are so glad to have you on the journey here with us. For those of you listening for the first time, a special welcome to each of you. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on the lessons that life throws at us to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward to uplift others who are struggling. So do this if you can for me, guys. Close your eyes and just picture this. You're brought into the tough, unforgiving business world at a very early age. Not only are you quite young, but you're expected to succeed in this business. Oh, yes. And then you lose the one person who was not only your professional mentor, but also your father. How would you respond? My next guest has lived this firsthand. At a very young age, he ran a major business through its pinnacle and its very pitfall. Now he's helping others overcome their anxieties of not making the grade and managing their fear. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome the fail coach, Mr. Miha Matlievsky. Miha, so glad to have you here on the show. How are you doing, man? Well, I'm, I'm happy to be here, Aubrey, uh, and uh, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, thank you for that super nice introduction. Oh, no, absolutely. It's our pleasure having you here, sir. So, uh, Miha, I have so many questions for you, uh, particularly about the essence of a fail coach, but but we'll get to that. Uh, can you start us off with uh, some background on yourself? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I'll, I'll give you the quickest possible story, and then feel free to just stop me in between or, you know, after I'm done, just dig in anywhere you want. I mean, I'm an open book and there's no uh, question that you can't ask me or anything. So feel free to ask me whatever you want. Oh, thank you. Um, so I had the most perfect, unperfect childhood. Mm. While, while I say, uh, while I, why, why I say that is because my childhood was so perfect that it didn't prepare me for the real world out there. I was so spoiled. I was so living in the bubble. I was constantly told how amazing and great and all of that I am. And, you know, later that, that kind of resonated a lot with the things that happened to me later on in the journey. Right. And like you mentioned, yeah, I, I dropped out of high school when I was 17, 18. Um, I went to work for my father's company. Um, nothing too major, just, you know, a very nice family-owned business uh, with, you know, good profits and all of that. So a nice business. Um, and everything would be perfect if um, he wouldn't suddenly be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm. And then three weeks later, he was dead. Mm. So there was literally no time for us to prepare for that, to, you know, learn anything. And while I was working in his company, I was more or less some by occupation. And, you know, I was just good with doing a little bit of sales and networking and so on. So those were some of, you know, my, my, my strong points, but I wasn't learning anything else. I was just doing the things that I enjoyed and loved. And I had no clue how to run a business, how to do, manage cash flow, how to, you know, manage employees and, and, and so on and so on. So I was completely unprepared for the real world out there. And when I was, I was 23 then, I woke up and I, I, I woke up in the real world mm. and, uh, yeah, it, it, it wasn't easy. Um, so that's the first part. And then, uh, because I was the only child, my mom was working at a bank, uh, as a clerk. Uh, uh and so it was kind of natural that since I was working in the company already that I take it over. Right. Again, not knowing, had any clue on how to really run a business. And very quickly, I run that business almost to the ground. Um, you know, life often gives you some lessons. And, and it starts with little lessons and they become bigger and bigger. So those were my first, let's call them easier lessons. Uh, and I was lucky enough that I found some people who were ready to invest in the company. They saw something in me. If I just do what I'm good at, which is, you know, networking and sales, and they start running the company and, and they were, they were correct. 
the company really quickly picked up. Um, I was doing 100, 150% more return, uh, more revenue year after year. Um, but I didn't learn the valuable lessons. I didn't learn, you know, why that company started failing in the first place and that maybe I don't have the knowledge that's necessary to run a company. I see. That's, man, that is, that's awesome. I mean, that's awesome context. I really appreciate you sharing that, Miha. In fact, um, in that cycle that you have mentioned, like uh, when running the business, doing, well, let's say doing the networking and the sales um, up to your father's passing, and then um, running the business into the ground, and then the investors that came in and, and, and leveraging your strengths, uh, where in that spectrum uh, have you uh, coined the phrase or followed the motto of failure not being an option? And, and at that point in your career, what, what were your thoughts on failure? What did that mean to you at that time? Oh, at that time, failure was just not an option. I mean, that was like, what, 20 years ago, roughly mm. 20 years ago. I mean, you know, we at that time in Europe, we didn't know of any, you know, startup community. You know, we were very far away, uh, you know, from knowing what Silicon Valley is and so on, where, you know, failure is kind of like a thing, at least a little bit. Um, you know, in Europe, it was just, you know, it's embarrassing. It's, it's, it, it must not happen to you. Even from young uh, child in schools, we were, you know, taught that, you know, you must not fail, right. you must succeed and so on. So that, that was like burned into our brain. And at that point, and, you know, that's where I want to say something about that early childhood, the, um, the magical, perfect childhood. Um, my mind, because of, you know, constant listening to both my parents and my grandparents, how amazing can I, am, am I? And, you know, almost I'm, I'm the next Jesus uh, uh, mm. uh, kind of thing. I, I was unable to understand that, you know, when something good happens to me, that's all my fault. But when something bad happens, um, I need to find somebody else to blame because, you know, if I'm that perfect child, if I'm that perfect, almost divine person, then how can I do anything wrong? I mean, it's completely impossible. So it must be, you know, outside factors, whatever, uh, other people, circumstances, whatever, but it needs to be something on the outside. Uh, that was the mindset you had at the time. And so, yeah, yeah. so there, there, there was no, there was no practical um, uh, aptitude when it came to adversity and when problems came it, it, it was just basically pointing outward um as as to the cause of of whatever adversity that you met is that right yeah i mean people still laugh at me sometimes when i say that that was my adversity mm. because you know usually when we talk about adversity it's you know either something racial or you know right. uh, uh, minority stuff or, you know, something bad happened to you in the childhood, abuse and so on. Right. We never look at, at, at the other side as being, you know, adversity. But, you know, I was a handicapped person. I mean, I didn't know how to wake up to an alarm clock, something I still struggle a lot with. I see. So, you know, even, even nowadays, I mean, thankfully, my life now is I wake up when I wake up. But, you know, if I have a, a flight and, and I can't find one in the afternoon and I have to go with the morning one, I still don't go to bed because I'm afraid that I won't hear the alarm clock and wake up if I have to, you know, wake up at 5 a.m. That's just not time when I would wake up. Right. I just don't go to sleep and then I sleep on the plane. I still struggle with little things like that. That's interesting. Very interesting. So that could, I mean, that just goes to show you the impact that uh, what relatives can tell you and the type of mindset you have in an early age can still impact you in your older years, even though you've changed your mindset. Yeah, I mean, those are some very, I mean, I don't know, how, how do you develop, I mean, okay, one thing is to go to bed super early. But, you know, if, if you normally go to bed at, I don't know, let's say, uh, 
you know, midnight or one o'clock in the morning. Right. Um, and, and then one day, because you're flying, you know, you should go to bed at, I don't know, eight o'clock to wake up at four to get the eight hours sleep. But I mean, at eight o'clock, that's the middle of the day for me. You know, I mean, I can't just fall asleep, you know. Right. Um, and, and I would toss and turn in the bed until, you know, my time would come. But then that means just four hours of sleeping. Now, how do you, you know, learn a habit. I've tried literally everything. I mean, I've bought so many alarm clocks and I had multiple alarm clocks around me. I think at one point I tried five different uh, and I bought the ones that were, you know, like literally, I think my whole neighborhood heard that and I just (laughs) slept slept through it. It, It's not that I sleepwalk and and turn them off. No, they just keep ringing and I wake up when I wake up. I see. Um, so, so just little things like that, but those were a huge adversities on that journey because I had no working habits, you know, right. I had no, uh, structure, um, you know, um, I wasn't that perfect. And so, I mean, uh, if I go a little bit, uh, uh forward with that, so they came in, um, uh, they, they, they put the structure in place. I didn't learn anything. And. So I went and, and started doing my thing. And then because these guys, they bought uh, from me, I mean, they took over 55%. Right. I was like, okay, now life is good. Uh, life is good. Uh, I have the money. I'm doing what I love. The company is doing great again. So naturally, I had plenty of new ideas on new ventures to start. And I said, well, why would I bring those ventures into that company? Because they, they have the majority I'll just start my own companies. You know, I I didn't really consider, oh, I haven't learned how to run a company yet. But I was like, oh, I'm looking what they're doing. I can do this. It it, it looks easy. (laughs) You know, I can can wing it. And and the thing was, at that time, now this was more like 2005, 6, 7. At that time in Europe, the whole economy was booming. You know, that was before the crash, before the the bubble burst. Um, and, and so looking back now, I can't recall a single company, even the most suckiest one to go bankrupt. But at that time, my ego and, and that mindset, I'm so great and so on. Uh, I didn't look at, at my companies from, from that perspective, because then I created four or five new companies and I didn't look at them. Oh, maybe it's not just me. Maybe it's the economy and the overall uh, good economy and so on. No, mm-hmm. of course it's me, you know, Oh, the companies are booming. I I'm this great person. Right. And again, I didn't lay down any foundation. And so a story that kind of always comes to my mind when I'm looking back at that time is the story of the wolf and, and the three little pigs. Right. So my companies were like that first house made out of, uh, what is it made out of straw, straw. or something? Yeah. Yeah. Not even the wooden one. Far from the brick one. Wow. And and because I had no foundations, when the crisis came, uh, I was you know, uh, so the first wind that blew, and it was like a domino effect. Everything went bankrupt. Wow. Wow. And and, 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 that, and that's amazing. And that's what I want to talk about here, right? So, uh, with whenever it comes to something as as serious and as sensitive as as bankruptcy whether it's personal or business you know um man there's there's a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety that follows right and yes. and that can interrupt your sleep it could interrupt your just your your, your normal way of operating and interacting with people um and and at this point can you paint the picture for the listeners to describe just how how much of a defeating feeling, um, if if any, that you've had at that point, to the point where it seemed like there was no solution in sight and not even knowing what to do next. What what, what did that look well, like for you? Let let me give you just a little bit of context first. Okay, so sure. By that time, I had multiple 
seven, eight figure businesses. Mm -hmm. All of them were, were went past seven figures in yearly revenue. Some even past eight figures. One of my businesses was in real estate, developing this huge real estate project for, I don't know, 50, 60 million US, something like that. I mean, at least to me, that was huge back then. That's large. Um, and so this one was the first one to fall apart because the prices of real estate dropped, dropped so much and suddenly my project was not uh, profitable anymore. It would uh, actually make a huge loss and we were in the middle of it. So the bank calls me. It was Monday, December the 7th. And right. they say we are backing off and we will start. Uh, uh, because in Europe, when, when you go for a loan, um, you co-sign it with, you know, your other stuff, uh, you personally, I, I put all my other companies uh, as co-signers as well. And, and, you know, we have this paper in, in uh, between banks where you pre-authorize the bank if, if you know, they uh, want the money back that other banks will pay whatever is on, on, on your bank account. Okay. So it's kind of like pre-authorized uh, paper. I don't know if you have something like that in the U.S., but that's what we have here in Europe. And so they went and they just sent those papers to all the banks. So without any warning, without any prior notice, bam, all my money was gone. My personal from all my companies. And next day I wasn't able to, you know, pay the paychecks. I wasn't able to pay taxes. Oh, no. I wasn't able to pay suppliers. And so instead yeah. of owing one bank, which would be, you know, much easier to handle, right. I suddenly owed money to what felt like half of the country. And on top of all of that, at that time, I also then, you know, it, it wasn't like happening in the same week, but uh, a, a few days later, um, uh, we had a crash with, with my ex-wife. So I, we got uh, to in the process of uh, being divorced, right. you know, uh, then um, all my so-called friends, because, you know, I was before I was doing really well. My personal network at that time was around 15 million US mm. and I lost all of that as well. Um, and because of, you know, the personal network, I was part of this, you know, elite clubs like President Cigar Club and oh, Rotary sure. Club and so right. on. Yeah. And so I, I thought those people were my friends. Well, guess what? They were the first one to never answer my calls uh, as well. So I lost like just not just my companies, not just my network, uh, uh, my, uh, my marriage, my, my friends, like, you know, I lost like everything. And because of certain restrictions in the law, if you uh, are a business owner and you don't pay the taxes and you don't pay uh, the salaries, um, then you can't file for personal bankruptcy. Mm. Uh, so I wasn't able to do that as well. So I, mm. I was I was left with 5 million US dollars in me personal, uh, my personal debt, me personally owing to um, hundreds of people um, and, and companies and, and, and so on. Wow. And uh, so just, you know, so that you have like a bit of overview of the magnitude of, of, of that massive failure. I mean, I can joke about it now, but yeah, at that time, that wasn't a joke. And so my first initial reaction was, I can handle that, you know, like that perfect child, right. you know, there's nothing I can't do. And, you know, I, I really believed it. I really believed it. I, I said, okay, so I just need with one of my other companies, I just need to get a big enough uh, agreement for this, for that, and I can handle it. And, you know, I'll, I'll pay a little bit here, a little bit there. I'll, I'll buy a bit of time. But as the weeks went by, the pressure from people who wanted their money just became bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And I was uh, more far and far and far away from any solution. And then after a few weeks, it really hit me like, oh shit, I can't solve this. That, this is unsolvable. Mm. Um, so that that's when it really hit me. Um, and uh, those morning calls from people and, and companies that I owed money to, turned from, oh, we're just calling to see, you know, you're a bit late, you, you were never late on payments, uh, we're just checking up what's happening. Uh, they turn into, some of them turn into, we'll sue you, you know, but, but a lot of them turned into uh, kind of like mafia calls, what they will do to me if I don't pay them the money and oh so on. Goodness. So 
Yeah, so then that triggered depression every single day because 7.30 a.m., bam, I woke up to those calls. Right. Um, so I went into huge depression. There was this permanent state of anxiety, permanent state of stress. My mind was like a nuclear reactor, mm. you know, like just overthinking, thinking, uh, planning, trying to find a solution, uh, not seeing any uh uh, any solution and, and so on. It was like a, this roller coaster happening in my head 24 7. And um, whew, um, um, so, what I, I remember that I did this thing um, every Friday. So, Friday afternoon, I knew no calls until Monday morning. And my head, I just wanted some silence. I right. really just wanted some silence. Right. And so I would not go to bed. I was trying to stay awake for as long as possible throughout the weekend because I knew if I go to bed, you know, bam, eight hours are gone. I'm mm -hmm. closer to Monday morning. So by not going to bed, by trying to be awake for as long as possible, I was kind of like, you know, stretching the weekend. Right. Perpetuating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just dreading the Monday. So even the weekends, I couldn't relax because I was already overthinking the Monday morning and, and mm. what will happen, the calls and this and that. And so, yeah, that, that was like um, driving me. I mean, the thing is, at one point, I started, I, I stopped seeing, you know, my companies and all of that failing as, 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 a, as a failure but I felt as a failure and it was like, okay, so I used all my jackpot, you know, with my perfect childhood uh, and, and now that's it. This is it to the end of the life. I mean, that's my life. Mm. I, I, I suddenly stopped dreaming. I said, I, you know, there was no light on the other side of the tunnel, just complete darkness, like no goals, no dreams. Right. I was just so deep in, 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 in all of that. I saw no way of, you know, how, how on earth do you repay $5 million? Like how on earth? Like what, what, like, you know, you can't even sell your kidney. No, you can't. It's unfathomable. It really is. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, slowly, little by little, you know, that starts driving you towards, you know, suicidal thoughts and, and those suicidal thoughts turn into like really planning it out. And, and, and that led to one day, me being on the other side of the of the uh, balcony, uh, just holding myself with with one hand, looking down, and and it was then when, for the first time in my life, that perfect child, I said to myself, "Oh, you really, really, uh, um, f it it out," you know. Um, yeah, don't know if I can say the f word, so you know, but you, you really. Oh, but the thing was, hearing myself say the word you, um, it's triggered this. You know how in movies, when somebody's about to die, uh, they kind of have this movie going backwards. Well, for me, it wasn't really a movie. It was more like flashes of, of different moments from recent past. And it was like, you partnered with this person. You employed this person. Uh, you decided to go for this project. Right. You, 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 you. And at first, of course, it wasn't nice. You know, like, I mean, I'm no. still that perfect person. I mean, how can it be my fault? But then another thought hit me. I mean, I have no idea to this day how long I was on that balcony holding myself with one hand. Maybe it was like 20 seconds. Maybe it was 20 minutes. I, I, I. I have no clue, wow. but this, this thing just, you know, kept going. And, and then it was like, Oh, but if I change things, if I make better choices, if, if I change my habits, if I do this, if I do that, then if I, if I was able with all those mistakes that I finally suddenly saw and I started owing them, I still managed to came to 15 million us. If I do things better, I can do even bigger. And that was when I started seeing the light. Like that, that there was this distant light um, on the other side of the tunnel. I see. Um, and, and did you also yeah. begin to look at failure differently at that point, or are you? Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. Okay. I mean, okay. Yeah, that came later with a lot of self development and business development. Uh, you know, when I really started seeing things for what they were and how they were and, right. and, and starting to actually appreciate what happened to me uh, and, and so on. But that, that 
like it, it's it's a long story before that moment. Uh, but <clears throat> the thing was, I climbed back in. I sat at my desk. I took out a piece of paper and I just started writing. You know, all I need to change, all I need to do different, all right. I need to learn, right. all the habits I need, like anything mm -hmm. that came to my mind. I made this huge list of all the things that I need to, you know, change or do differently. Um, and so the first thing I did in the morning was I started calling people before they called me. And I was like, dude, you know what? I honestly, I don't care anymore. If you killing me or hurting me will solve the problem, then let's just do it. Do it now. Because this, mm. I can't keep going this way. No. Your calls put me in such huge depression, I will never be able to solve anything. And I mean, guys, I don't owe you three, four, five K and I can just get a job and repay you in, I don't know, three months, four months. I owe everybody five freaking million dollars mm. i need to create something huge to get even close to repaying you right so if you want your money back then let's make a deal i'll call you once a month and update you but in between i need the space i need the silence i need i need to work on that's on, right. on things that's yeah. right and they and they agreed nice. i guess they really sense that that i really mean it that it's not a bluff no, but I really meant it that way. I mean, I was so close to jumping uh, just a few hours ago. I really, I couldn't care less. It was either, either I start doing something, or it's better to end. But being in that limbo, being in between, um, that's not going to solve anything, and that's not a life worth living. No, so it's I not. really, really meant it. And and they can tell you know, that you were authentic, you were genuine and, and expressing to them, you know, what, what they driven you to. Right. And, 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 and I mean, just, just hearing that, uh, and the urgency and the desperation behind it, you know, uh, I think is what, what caused them to, to agree to, to the deal that, you know, you were proposing and yeah, yeah that's man, that is tremendous. I mean, in all honesty, many years later, when I started really sharing my story, and of course, you know, I did it a little bit in my country as well. And when those same people who were threatening and being not understanding back then, right. when they heard the story, a lot of them approached me and said, dude, we really had no idea like what was happening, like how down you were. Like, wow. you know, like they, they, they really didn't, you know, they were looking at it from their perspective. And I mean, I understand, you know, a lot of those were small companies. Right. A lot of them were, you know, people who really worked at my company. They earned that money, but I, I wasn't able to, you know, pay them. I, I wasn't able to buy two kilos of rice, mm. let alone give somebody a paycheck. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's where the whole journeys of, you know, first the self-development and then business development started um, and, and working on myself, getting to know who I really am, like, you know, like just basic things, like what do I stand for? What are my core values? Right. And what I saw was that my, my, me, I was so influenced by, you know, the outer media and, 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 you know, your society and friends and so on, on, you know, what I think I want. But then when I really looked deeper, that was not what I wanted. I, I, I was, you know, like just, I wasn't really living the life that you know who I really was, but I was so influenced and and, and so um, you know taken over with the money and and you know the the success that I had and you know everybody wants to be your friend and I was just flying on on cloud cloud number nine. I completely lost ground and I completely lost myself in the process. And so the first thing was to really just rediscover who Miha truly is. Uh, you know, what, what, who am I? What am I? Nice. Yeah. Miha, man, I appreciate you sharing the, uh, the context of uh, how the levity of, of the pressure that you were going through, right? Uh, everything from the, the, the threatening calls to, uh, trying to extend the weekend uh, by staying up all sorts of hours. And, and even that, that, that very pivotal moment in your life where you are just, on the balcony with one hand holding between life and death um, and, and, and how you started thinking 
from a different perspective, you started pointing at yourself, like you, 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 you did this, you did that. Far from the perfection and the words of perfection you were given at an early age. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was what was going on. And I mean, maybe just to end this on a higher note, because everybody loves the you know Hollywood uh, for, uh, happy <laughs> endings. Um, you know, with all the That's learnings right. and, you know, along that process, I started really understanding what's failure, uh, how to look at it differently, how to have healthy relationship with it. I've learned about being mindful and emotional intelligence and, and a lot of other things that, you know, kind of make the foundation of you, the entrepreneur, uh, because that's where everything starts. And so later on in 2014, I then started another startup. Yes. I scaled that startup from zero to multiple eight figures in monthly revenue in less than a year. Wow. Um, and then and then to nine figures next year. And then I had a su semi-successful exit from it. I mean, when I say semi-successful, my share was so diluted by the time we exited. But, you know, I, it was still enough to repay almost 7 million in past debt because by that time, you know, the interest rates and all of that, it came to almost 7 million. And yeah, I right. was left with a little bit something for myself. Uh, I found myself having the freedom of time, the freedom of money, the freedom of choice. And that's when I started first volunteering in all different uh, startup incubators, accelerators, and so on, mentoring people, helping them out, entrepreneurs. And then slowly that kind of just naturally went into becoming the fail coach because everybody was, you know, making fun like, oh, everything, every story you say starts with, you know, one of your failures and then what you learned from it. And you're always on how it's so crucial, so important to fail fast, fail forward, to, to have healthy relationship with failure. And so people just, you know, kind of like, huh, you're the fail coach. And I said, well, yeah, I'm the fail coach. <laughs> And, and, and that's the amazing part, right? In fact, that's uh, thank you for, for, for that transition. That is exactly where I wanted to go next because in the spirit of the road to rediscovery, it's about those who have overcame those adversities, overcame those, um, those, those, those tragedies and devastation and desperation to thrive, right? And so now when it comes to like being a coach, right? We've heard so many things when it comes to that in – the self-help community. We've we've heard of uh, we've heard of uh, life coaches. You know, we've heard of uh, mindset coaches and and all that sort of thing. So, um, can you share with the listeners uh, the essence of 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 being a fail coach? Well, and 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 how you help others um, when it comes to embracing, you know, their failures in the name of. I growth. mean, two two major things connected with failures are. That fail, fear of failure is the number one dream killer. Um, and, and that failure, when it happens to entrepreneurs, is actually the number one reason for suicide among entrepreneurs. Um, so mm. the thing is, failure is basically emotions, huge emotions. You know, you set a goal, and it's usually something that you are right. deeply connected to, and it holds great positive emotions at the end of that journey. You know, like, oh, you know, why we start our businesses. We, we want freedom. We want to travel. We want to spend more time with our family. You know, huge positive emotions. And then when we don't reach that goal, we go in the other way. We go into huge negative emotions. Or when it comes to fear of failure, right. you know, we are already imagining something that hasn't even yet happened, you know. So we are predicting something that might mm -hmm. or might not be true. And, and we are, you know, just afraid. And, and for both things... Actually, the solution is logic. Like for the fear of failure, it's, it's just having clarity. You have to figure out clarity on, on you know, what your next step should be. And, and the easiest ways, of course, to hire a coach, to join a mastermind, to read a book, you know, just anything that can help you figure out what your next step should right. be. Because, you know, I mean, the thing is, um, if let's say I would be, uh, sitting at the back of the car and, and that thing would be 
app so that you can run and, and I can hand you $100 for each step that you do, that, that you wouldn't fear failure. You know, you would just kept running. But because our goals right. are usually far away in the distance, the further away they are, the less clarity we have how to get there. Now, of course, when people you know, come to me, for me, it's easy because I've been to nine figures. So when somebody says to me, oh, I want to go to seven figures, well, that's easy. I mean, you know, seven figure, not that much. I mean, you know, you have so many new millionaires each year. Um, um, so that, that's right. not too hard to get to that point. But, you know, for somebody who never was past, I don't know, making 5, 10, 20K a month, of course, seven figures is an amazing thing. And it's something out there in the distance. So, you know, um, right. the easiest thing, you go to somebody who already came there and they can give you, you know, some basic steps that you can follow. Nobody can give you a blueprint because, you know, we all have different leverages, different resources, um, and so on. So right. nobody can really give you blueprints. So when somebody's selling you a blueprint, just run away. But there are some basic <laughs> fundamental steps that you have to go through in business, you know, just like gravity. You can't defy gravity and you can't defy those basic steps. I mean, if I just start at the beginning. So the first step is always product market fit. That's actually the number one thing why entrepreneurs fail because they don't have a validated mm -hmm product market fit and what does it mean to validate it well you have to sell it a few times at a full price that's how you validate that you have the right. audience your product solves a problem and, and gives people a solution um, and you have a business model that it's okay for them and you can make profit with it that's basics of what product market fit is very simple and if you can sell to you know a few people that means that you have validated uh, product market fit now depending again and then you have right. to take in account how big is the potential market so if you're selling something that's super niche and there are like 50 people in the right. world who can you know who potentially want your product if you're not selling it at a high enough number you might not be profitable on the long run right right no. but that's that, that that's that's the basic and then you know when you have validation on that that's when you start planning you know, the client journey and marketing and content and so on. But, you know, a lot of people, they just either go out there and wing it. And that's, I would say that's, you know, uh, like having that house made of straws. Right. Or some people do follow certain steps in business development, but they are starting with the wrong steps. So, you know, first, let's figure out what my company will be and the logo and, and this and that. Um, so that would be probably the one with, you know, the wooden house. I mean, you know, sure. you're laying some foundation, but not the right foundation. Not the right so, foundation. That's yeah. right. But, wow. but that's, and being a business coach, really, you know, I, I often feel like everything else but the business coach, because most of the time, like I already mentioned, like the number one pillar in that foundation is you, the entrepreneur. Everything starts with you. If you don't have solid foundations in yourself, you can't put solid foundations in your company. Uh, and, and then your company can't grow and can't go beyond and, and so on. Uh, so it all starts with you. And when we talk about the entrepreneurs, there's a lot of, you know, mindset coaching, life coaching. I mean, often, right. like when people ask me, what are you? I don't know what I am. Sometimes I'm a teacher. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a coach. Sometimes I'm a mentor. Sometimes I'm just helping them brainstorm, you know, yeah. like, but, you know, my way of looking at it, I don't, like, I know a few coaches who are really stuck on, oh, you need coaching. Coaching is this and this and this. I don't do things like that. I'm like, okay, so what do we want to accomplish? I'll give you everything I can on that journey. So if you need a teacher, I'll be a teacher. If you need a coach or wait, because most entrepreneurs, they need a little bit of everything. Right. And the way, it sounds like the way, the approach that you take in interacting with 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 those who who seek that type of help is very customized. It's 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 very unique to to their needs, right? No, uh, no, 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 no. I mean, this is something I, I thought that that's the case. Yeah. When I started, I really was thinking, oh, I can't do you know group things or anything like that because you know every company is unique. And then what I found out when I was working one on one was 
that I kept repeating same things over and over and over and over again. And that, you know, made me think. And so I also have an online program uh, uh, where you add a group uh, thing to it. Uh, so I, I can give 80 to 90% of everything pre-recorded because it just same things repeated over and over again. Okay. It's maybe 10 to 20% that's really unique to, you know, like really just taking in account your particular situation, your particular resources. Right. So it's, 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 it's a bit of guidance in there. But most, most it, it's really just, you know, like every single company needs product market fit. No matter how you turn it around, whether you're manufacturing or retail or online, offline, it doesn't really matter. You need a product market fit. And and that's that's the solid foundation, right? The the the, the I mean, it's like you said, it's very simple. But if you overlook yeah. that and you continue with other aspects of of your business, you're 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 really not setting a foundation, and and it's, it kind of equates to that straw house, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's, yeah. it's not just about product market fit. That's the first step. But then, you know, right. uh, making the processes and uh, measuring stuff, having KPIs in place, uh, benchmarking those results, then having a solid uh, business intelligence software in place uh, to keep a, an eye on all of that. And, you know, a brand story, uh, company culture, who we are, what we stand for, you know, like how do we work in our company? Right. Who do we want to work with? Uh, just quite a few things that that fall into that category of uh, solid foundations. Oh yeah, so many aspects, so many aspects. And I know, you know, there's a lot of listeners out there who who are going through dark times. But I, I'm sure they'd love to learn and 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 get more insight from you, uh, maybe on your experiences as well as helping them uh, turn things around. Uh, embrace their failure and, um, and and maybe even start their own business. So, Miha, how can listeners learn more about what you can provide to them as a fail coach? I mean, they can go to my website. They can find me on you know Facebook. And we recently started doing some work on Instagram, and Good. we're slowly picking up the YouTube channel on LinkedIn. But I think the best way, if they really want, you know, if they're really dealing with stuff. And yes. they really want to reach out to me. Um, they every week I, I I donate. Let's say I donate two or three hours of my time, and I start a Zoom call, and anybody gotcha. can just pop in. All they have to do is is type framework for freedom dot me. That will take them into my chatbot. And trust me, I'm the first person who hates spam. So we will never spam <laughs> anybody. Uh, the thing is that this is the easiest way for me to communicate, you know, when my open schedule is. Um, and, nice. and, and they can then see which, which one fits them the most and they can just jump in. Um, and uh, we talk about their specific struggles, their specific problems. It, you know, it's not pre-recorded. We don't record it so they can feel safe to ask anything what they want and not be judged. Um, and I'm really there to give them value. And, and it's unlimited. They can come as many times as they want. Um, some people are joining those sessions weekly and they say it's an amazing accountability. Even if I don't have struggles, I join because I listen to other people's struggles and I learn from that. Love it. Love it. And, and, and that's, 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 it sounds community based, right? Where you're learning from other people's struggles. And, you know, if you have any of your own, you, you, you reach out to seek insight for that. So that's, uh, yeah. man, that, I mean, the, the thing was, the thing was just when I started doing all these interviews and everything, people would reach out to me individually. And mm -hmm. I mean, I love helping people. I really do love and, and, you know, but at, at one point, you have to realize that there are only 24 hours in a day. And as much as I want to help as many as I can, right. I have to be mindful about myself, about my life balance, about, you know, me having other parts of life as well, uh, uh, other than, you know, just being the fail coach. And so I, I constantly think how I can leverage my time efficiently so that I can reach and help more and more and more people and this was kind of like uh, an answer to that because you know multiple people can jump in i make sure that i guide these sessions in a way that 
each person gets the attention um, and, and so on. So like, yeah, that's the best way. Just jump on one of these uh, and all they have to do is go to frameworkforfreedom.me, takes them into the chat bot. Promise, no spamming. If I ever spam you there, like just message me and I'll send you 100 bucks. It, I really, we don't <laughs> spam. I, I hate spam because, you know, I, I've spent quite a lot of my life battling with, you know, getting to inbox sure. zero in my email, in my messages. So sure. that's something I really, really hate. So they don't have to worry that they will be spammed. It's really just a way for me to communicate when my next session will be. No, that's awesome. And thank you for sharing that, Miha. In fact, we're going to include uh, frameworkforfreedom.me in the show notes of this episode. So uh, we, we I mean, truly want the listeners to, to, to yeah. reach out and join these sessions. They're very uh, helpful. Uh, yeah. Other than that, Aubrey, I mean, the easiest way, they can just go to Google and, file, uh, and type in fail coach. I'm still the only fail coach in the world, and they'll get all my links, and they can you know just pick whichever platform works best for them. I try to give as much value as I can uh, for entrepreneurs, for this you know, whole failure thing, for um, uh, mental health issues and, and so on. So they can then just you know, go to Google, type in fail coach and, and just pick whichever one uh, platform they, they are more uh, used to and, and just follow me there, connect with me there. But like I said, the best way is really to jump on one of these uh, uh, brainstorming sessions or whatever we want to call them. Gotcha. Gotcha. 100%. Awesome. Awesome. We will uh, well, we'll definitely make sure we include all that contact information on the show notes and no spam. <laughs> so uh, as we wind down here, uh, Miha, um, we're going to hit a segment called three for the road. These are just three, uh, thought provoking, uh, rapid fire questions that I'd like to ask you see if you can answer in five words or less. If it goes over five, that's okay. Um, but, uh, just a little fun thing we try to do. Uh, that, we, that, will, that will be a bit of a challenge. I mean, <laughs> as you see, I'm quite chatty. And the second thing is English is only my third language. So, you know, like uh, I have a bit limited vocabulary. So sometimes for me to really express myself and, and mm -hmm. say what I want to say, I have to make these huge, unnecessarily long sentences because of the lack of, of you know, uh, additional vocabulary. But let's try. Let's see how close I can get to the five words. Okay, yeah, this will be fun. And, and and I know you're up for the challenge. All right, so for three for the road, here's question number one. As the road can be a metaphor uh, for a life journey, um, and the curves and the turns can be a metaphor for challenges on this journey, what metaphor uh, does failure represent in that journey in your mind? Um, failure is just um, a step closer to reaching success. Very nice. I'm digging it. Very nice, Miha. Number two, what would 2019 Miha say to 2009 Miha? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, if I can just elaborate a little bit. Sure. Often, you know, when I'm when I'm sharing the fail stories on, on, on the stages, when I speak at conferences, often I get asked, you know, like if you could go 10, 15 years back, like what would you say to yourself back then? And, and when I was first asked this question, you know, my mind went racing and I was like, oh, my God, I would go back and I would say, don't sign that contract. Don't do this. Don't do that. <laughs> right. Right. And then then the second one was like, you know, uh, why would I do that? I would just go back and say, just, you know, sell everything and buy Apple shares or buy Bitcoin. <laughs> but then, you know, I started thinking like, okay, but if I would change even a little thing, I might not be today who I am. And I That's really love the guy that I turned into. And it yes. wouldn't be if I wouldn't go through all those failures. And I love that I went through those failures. I love every single part of it. And I wouldn't change a single thing because I reconnected with myself. I would never do that without those failures. Who knows who I would be today? Probably, you know, I don't know, 
like those Wall Street uh, wolves, you know, on, right. on coke and, 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 and on boats and who knows what. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't be who I am. I really, really love who I am today and what I do and, and how I can help and impact people. Well, Miha, it's like you were reading my mind because that kind of segues into the third and final question for Three for the Road. And that is, you know, back when, um, well, previously your motto, one of your mottos or your motto used to be failure is not an option. What would you say your motto is now? Fail fast, fail forward. Right on. And often I'm asked, I have to go a little bit deeper here, uh, just a little bit. Often I'm asked, you know, Miha, now that you're this fail coach, do you not fail anymore because you know you've mastered failure and the answer is really not not like that the answer is i fail a lot mm-hmm. because for me you know if you want to reach your dreams and your goals and the bigger and the crazier they are uh, and you know my dream my goal my purpose is i want to be the the one who broke the taboo called failure and that's a huge goal so that if i huge. want to achieve that goal i need to push myself crazily beyond my comfort zone and every time you are outside of your comfort zone you're doing things that you've never done before and it's a 50 50 chance that you will either succeed or fail and usually you fail more than you succeed so if now for a few days i don't fail at something or we as a company don't fail at something i'm really worried because that means to me oh we are slacking off we are in our comfort zone no good can come out of that. No magic has ever happened. No dreams were ever born in the comfort zone. And no, so for me right. now, not failing is the scariest thing, period. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well said, Miha. Well said. And, man, Miha, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, man. Uh, it was so great having you here. It was so great chatting with you and just, just learning about your background, your insight, those pivotal moments, and, and, and the insights that you had to share with our listeners. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I'm Aubrey, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate you uh, also for doing what you do, for you know, sharing the world, uh, the word, and and you know, inspiring and uh, um, just giving back to your audience. So I really thank you for giving me the opportunity to chat with your audience. I really hope that you know at least one person will 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 have something good out of this, and and we are done with you know the mission. Uh, but yeah, it was a huge pleasure, and thank you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And if you'd like to contact Miha. We have all the ways you can reach out to him via social media, as he mentioned, just starting on Instagram. Uh, You'll have his information on our show notes that can be downloaded from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, RoadToRediscovery.com, and more. But as a quick reminder, again, um, feel free to visit Miha's website at www.fail.coach or set up an appointment for one of his sessions community-driven sessions on frameworkforfreedom.me. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. I invite you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so yet, and feel free to leave a rating and a short review. We're all roadies on this journey of life, and it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We'll chat again soon.